Hello and welcome to the Bloomberg Crypto Podcast. Going to be covering some interesting news for the past week or so in the space. If you are new here and watching on YouTube, make sure you do subscribe, like, and uh, comment below because it really does help with the algorithm. You can literally say anything. It just helps with the algorithm. And if you're listening over on iTunes or Spotify, welcome. I highly recommend if you are listening to go check out the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com. Uh, forward slash C forward slash Bull and Bear Crypto because we've been releasing about four to five videos every day of trade setups and it's getting a lot of push um, and backing by YouTube actually. You're seeing actually some uptick uh, in terms of, of growth and engagement, which is cool, which means people like the content. So if you're listening on the, to this via the audio platforms, then you're pr probably missing out on quite a bit. And I know quite a bit of my audience is all uh, audio only, so you guys might be missing out on it. So do take a look at that. But let's jump into the news today. What are we talking about today? We're gonna be talking about uh, some uh, bullish news with regards to Bitcoin, uh, some shifts in the space, some bullish news for the for for Avalanche, uh, some interesting stuff regarding SEC and the XRP Ripple case, and uh, a bunch of other things as well. So let's just jump into it right now. So, so Kathy Woods, CEO of Arc Invest, has probably been one of the biggest proponents from the traditional financial space that has been looking at Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency space as a whole, but mostly Bitcoin, and seeing amazing upside and seeing it as quite an asymmetrical. Uh, opportunity to make uh, you know a quite solid investment which if you're listening to this video or, or watching this video then you probably already know and you're already involved in the cryptocurrency space to some degree you probably have some exposure um, be it through altcoins or bitcoin but bitcoin is probably the safest bet out of every cryptocurrency in this space because it has the longest track record um, it has uh, the strongest use case in terms of of being uh, solid money because it's limited supply and it has the longest proof of work chain so it has the most hash rate as well so lots of so that's three different things there just plus the, plus the network as well um it's a better it's a better settlement layer than anything that exists in the financial sector already so it's unquestionably of value so it's kind of like how much value is it worth the network and the token because the token is inextricably intertwined with the network so um, Kathy Woods, you know, is saying, are we in a crypto bubble? And it makes me think, no, we could be in a bubble, you know, we are, were we in a bubble in 2017? You know, that's the kind of thing you have to think about. Were we in a bubble, you know, 2013, you know, again, these, these periods of, um, you know, complete runs and then retracements, it's quite typical to what you see in traditional markets as well. And it makes you think, is it, uh, is the cause like the existing financial system and that over time Bitcoin will become more stable and won't just keep pumping and retracing? Or is it just something that's going to be programmed into Bitcoin as, you know, value uh, in the world is increased? So value, I'm using a very broad sense of the terms, like um, I'm probably using the one wrong phrase there, but um, I'm talking about um all economic productivity um, contextualized against Bitcoin, basically, instead of the dollar, because everything's priced against the dollar right now. Uh, but in the future, it could be priced as well. It could also be priced in Bitcoin. So it's kind of cases as as you know, you know, we see inflation across the boards. You know, the monetary system is based on uh, asset inflation, but a controlled inflation in theory of targeting around two percent as asset prices increases over time, increase over time, you know, um, 
is, is, is Bitcoin increasing in price because, you know, everything else is devaluing against it? And that's kind of the question. Would that mean it's in a bubble? Um, if that's the case, I'd say no. I'd say that'd be a strong case for no, it's not in the bubble. Um, what if it was in a bubble? What would you need to expect if it was in the bubble? Well, it would have to have no value for me personally, no underlying asset value. A lot of people call it tulip mania. And realistically speaking, they just do not understand that it's a technology as well, uh, which is completely fine. Unlike tulip mania, you know, tulip mania, if you're unaware, is a nice, is a comparison that people use when, um, you know, when there's a strong drive for uh, people buying something which doesn't actually provide any value and the price keeps increasing because there's hype and mania uh, behind, you know, buying that thing. And people did say that a lot in, you know, 2016, 2017 run up. Um, and that, that was it. That was the Bitcoin bubble and the bubble popped in, in you know, at 20K. But we're clear above 20K. So clearly that wasn't a bubble. So people are just repeating the same narratives, you know, is this the bubble? And there's, I think there's a website called uh, that, you know, I think it's Bitcoin obituaries, which looks at how many times someone has said Bitcoin is dead or something negative regards to Bitcoin that's been completely wrong. And it's just counting it up. So, you know, I'd say Kathy Wood is probably quite an intelligent person, an extremely successful investor. She's got the, her finger on the pulse with, um, you know, what's happening across all markets and ARK Invest is extremely successful. And her comments on Bitcoin uh, is quite interesting. So here she, here she says, what we at ARK Investment think uh, people are missing about cryptocurrencies is they're much more than a store of value or digital gold. Bitcoin is a new global monetary system that is completely decentralized, not subject to the whims of policymakers. So um, Paulson told Bloomberg, in his view, cryptocurrency would eventually have to go to zero. So that we, I mentioned Paulson previously, and he's the guy from the big shorts. Um, and he basically shorted the housing market, okay, because he saw it as a big uh, bubble. But he said that he's not willing to short cryptocurrencies, which is interesting because this is the thing. He said he he said it's going to zero, but he's not willing to short it because crypto is too volatile. So basically, he's wrong. Like if he, he he should be backing up his actions with with his words with actions, shouldn't he? Ultimately, if he if he does think that that crypto is going to zero, then why wouldn't you short crypto? It makes sense to short crypto. If we, people, this is the thing, and this is the thing that are, are, are kind of fresh to this space. And by fresh, I mean, haven't seen multiple market cycles or at least one cycle. Um, people have tried shorting Bitcoin significantly, okay? And shorting doesn't just mean short selling. Shorting can mean quite a few different things. And they've lost money, okay? And there's a, there's a reason. It's because they don't understand this isn't just a token that people buy and sell, okay? There is the, the this there is a token as well. Obviously, the token is what secures the network. Okay, what allows transactions to happen on the network and allows transfer of of value across the network. Okay, that's that's key. But um, this is the thing: if you're not going to back your words by actions, then you then you need to kind of reassess your words, realistically speaking. Because he if he's so certain that cryptocurrencies are going to zero, then all he has to do is short them, okay? If he thinks Bit cryptocurrency is going to continue into, to increase in value and then they're going to go to zero, well, he should long them now, shouldn't he? He shouldn't, he should, this is the thing, you should, you should, you should kind of um, have more of an understanding of what's going to happen in the market than just say it's going to zero. And the problem is, realistically speaking, look at BitConnect. Did BitConnect go to zero? 
No, it didn't. And BitConnect is a scam that people know is a scam. Uh, people suffered from it and it still kept trading. BitConnect had to get shut down externally, okay? And that isn't possible with Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is just not going to zero, okay? Could Bitcoin yield less of a return in the future? Absolutely. But would it be more of a stable uh, monetary base when it reaches that point? Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, we're far from being in a bubble, especially this, as this is a tech sector. Is there going to be the typical retracement that we see where the markets kind of go into a bear market? It's probable. And a lot of these coins lose 90% of their value. Okay. That's what, what tends to happen. Ethereum last uh, market cycle, I think lost 95% of its value from its all time high, but in the run up, it made, you know, something obscene. Okay. So this is the game we play. These are the markets we operate in. We know the risks. We like the risks because the volatility is where the yield is. You know, if you've got a savings account, you know, what's the interest rate you're going to get on the saving account at best. I mean, the best I saw uh, in the last 24 months was just under 1%, maybe 1.25 bonus interest. I think it was a Marcus account from Goldman Sachs. And it was, and I had that account and it was just bonus interest. And it was a short term thing to get people uh, to be clients of Goldman Sachs. But the interest rate disappeared. They're back down to less than what? 50, they're like 0.15% in line with most banks. So you know, there's, where are you expecting yield? You're not going to get it from a savings account. Okay. So you go to your, maybe uh, your financial advisor, your financial advisor is going to divvy up your, your funds into, you know, a reasonable uh, portfolio based on how adverse or, or, or comfortable you are with risk. And then he's going to, you know, have some allocation to bonds. Maybe it's a small amount of bonds, some cash stocks, and then maybe, you know, commodities. Okay. Probably mostly stocks, probably going to be a, a few indices and then maybe some tech stocks on top of that. That's it. You know, maybe some, maybe some, uh, different sectors, depending on, on, um, you know, how aggressive he is and how good he is and competent, but realistically speaking, those guys are, their job is to get you five to 10% return on your investments on average. Uh, over the course of, you know, five to 10 years a five, and this is five to 10% a year on year. Okay. And that's high performing. That's high performing. Okay. So it's no wonder that this space is growing. It's no wonder that we see things like De the DeFi space where we completely remove the middlemen that keep, you know, making banks obsolete. You know, what do banks do at their core? They give you, they, they give you a place where you can store your money. Okay safely and i say that very liberally because it's not safe but safely and they lend that money out to other people okay inflating the monetary supply okay why not remove the bank and just have a technology doing that where you get the money directly makes sense that we see see such high yields in this space one because there's a lot of um uh activity in this space because people see the opportunity so DeFi makes sense from that perspective but two if you remove the middleman who who benefits okay who benefits the person with the money invest that would have put it in the bank, the person on the other end, borrowing the money. Okay. Cause they're getting better interest rates. They're getting better deals. They get better access. Okay. So there's lots of benefits. Now the difference is that there's still counterparty risk. Okay. With the bank, there's counterparty risk. Okay. Banks defaulted in 2008. They got bailed out by governments. They got bailed out by, you know, printing from central banks. Banks aren't impermeable. You know, they can go down, you know, and, you know, some banks, uh, some from the UK, um, and some banks don't exist anymore. And I'm not talking about banks that suffered from the 2008 crisis. They get absorbed by other banks because they're doing shit. 
Um, so, you know, other banks, these major banks kind of uh, buy them and, you know, look at their mortgage, book, mortgage books, their lending, if they can make some money off the back of them, then they kind of buy, buy their mortgage books, etc. That happened with Metro Bank and NatWest recently. Uh, I say recently, but within the last 12 months. So, you know, it's, um, there's, there's, you know, there's risks everywhere. I think the, the there's less likely to be a risk of losing money at a traditional bank, but there's the, the, the other side of that scale or coin is that you're not going to get any yield, okay? And banks, at least in the UK, they only insure you up to £85,000 per individual. So if you're making any, if you have any money over that, then yeah, your money's not safe, okay? And even if you lose the money, it's insured, but you're not guaranteed to get it, you know? It, uh, so I think in America, it's like $125,000. So it's roughly, you know, it's 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 the same thing. If you have over $125,000 and sitting in the bank, anyway, it's not going to be making any, you any money um but it's um it's it's not safe anyway so having money spread about in different places i'm not saying you have to go all in on you know pancake swap to you know having an auto reinvest you know like a hundred grand or you'd probably be laughing that'd probably be like 500 quid a day or something uh off the back of that looking at the yields but the point is is that it's no wonder that the DeFi space and crypto is evolving uh maturing the markets are maturing there's so much activity there's so much growth because the tides are shifting okay and banks are becoming more and more obsolete at least the traditional brick and mortar banks some of the neo banks they're saying they're staying relevant they're finding their ways to kind of you know capture parts of the market and you know traditional banks aren't massive fans anyway i've gone enough enough on that tangent bitcoin's not in a bubble crypto's not in a bubble there's actual value coming from this space this space not everything's going to survive in this space and that's fine that's natural okay but those that do survive you know this market cycle the next market cycle those that survived the previous market cycle and uh you know have you know a unique use case yeah they're going to be around for a while and it makes sense and that means that they're not in a bubble that's just fact moving on so chain analysis ceo says bitcoin is going to hit one hundred thousand dollars by the end of the year he's saying by december 20 we went 21 of this year uh in a bloomberg interview literally two days ago michael gron Gronger. <laughs> Founder, co-founder of cryptocurrency exchange Kraken asserted that the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency market are still in the bull run state. Obviously, we know this and that we're going to see $100,000 or more per coin later this year in December. OK, so he's not the chain analysis CEO. The chain analysis CEO also agrees with his prediction of 100K, over 100K um, and that was still in the bull market. So these guys are late to the party especially the chain analysis CEO, because I don't heard them say anything regarding the Bitcoin price uh, reaching over $100,000. But I mean, $100,000 is extremely reasonable. If you looked at my Bitcoin video, you know, from a te purely technical standpoint, it's looking at $97,000 and that we could break above. Um, I think that's on the channel somewhere. It might be, I look at the videos right here. It could be called the Bitcoin price forecast. I recorded it a week ago. Should you buy Bitcoin? Should you buy BTC? That video is right there. Okay. So take a look if you're interested. That's the technical stats side of things. I go over various indicators and price levels for you. I recommend you watch that video if you really want to know what potential Bitcoin has this market cycle, but also beyond. And it's quite staggering what the price could be beyond. Anyway. So let's look at things from a different perspective because um, scarcity is what drives BTC as well and can drive price. There has to be demand for something, but if it's scarce and there's demand, then obviously price will uh, increase relative to how much demand there is. And Bitcoin 
having a fixed supply uh, is quite nice in that respect. Now, imagine if Bitcoin did reach a point where it was one of the things that was the base unit of account for all, uh, you know, for the total global economy. Okay, there's only 21 million Bitcoin. So if there's, uh, you know, how many people are on the planet? Seven billion people. If they were to, if you were going to divide up that Bitcoin per person, how much Bitcoin would each person have? Well, that would leave people based on this, the current population of the world of 7.8 billion with 0.0027 Bitcoin for each person. So this doesn't take into account the amount of Bitcoin that's already been lost due to, pardon me, sorry guys, due to forgotten keys and passwords or even owners of coins dying. There's already an estimated 20% of the Bitcoin supply said to be lost forever. So taking this into account would drag the number further down. So what does this mean? This basically means that if you're owning anything over 0.0027 BTC, you are winning, guys. You are winning. Got to have perspective. You are winning. If you are expecting Bitcoin to do what it's on track to do, then if you own anything over 0.027 BTC, I'm not even sure how much that is. Let's quickly go check check out how much that is. $134 worth of Bitcoin. You are You are winning the game. Okay, so imagine if you if you cost averaged in that much each week or each month. Okay, you would be crushing it. You would be crushing it. So perspective is key. There is no rush with this game. Okay, there is some advantage to moving quickly in in these markets, and I've said that before. But if you can zoom out and have a long term perspective, if you if you can just hang on, if you're just willing to to commit to a strategy, a base strategy that's gonna not going to be a significant uh, mental or monetary investment. So I think you know. I think if you if you you know, if you live in the UK uh, or America or most Western countries, if you do, if you are able to afford to cost average $130 per month into BTC um, for the next 10 years, you'd be laughing. Okay. And I think that's most people. If you can't do that, you know, then maybe you want to find a way to be able to do that. If you can do that, um, if you're not doing that already, but you're contributing money to this space in terms of your investments and trading, then I'd probably say you can have that as an insurance fund. I cost average into Bitcoin on something called Bottle Pay. It's a really cool app that came out recently. Um, and I just like it. I like the UI. I like it simple. I like supporting like new uh, startups and apps that, that kind of um, are trying to do something different in this space. Um, and that's one of them, Bottle Pay. And um, I'm not affiliated with them in any way, by the way, just so you guys know. But um, I cost average in every week, guys. I cost average in every week. And it's just, it's just, it's called my pleb tier insurance fund, okay? Because if I'm if I'm a pleb and mess up literally everything I'm doing, okay, which, re which really is unlikely but possible, I'll still have um, BTC, okay? And I'll still have that there, okay? So that's my pleb insurance fund because, you know, we can't be right all the time and people make mistakes. You know, people lose things, people lose, you know, you know, mess up all kinds of things. So I'm not saying I'm, I'm super smart and I'm not going to do that. It's very possible, but that's just my insurance fund. Or if I have like, a, like just become a complete degenerate with my trading, which I really try to avoid and just use Mac leverage on everything and I burn out all my accounts, um, then that's just there as like my cry money. Well, I'll be, I'll be crying over my uh, Bitcoin that I have, <laughs> which would be crying from quite a nice position, wouldn't it? If you still had it. So. So that's it. But anyway, moving on, next article is quite interesting as well. So there's a survey that shows that one in 10 US investors own crypto despite seeing it as a risky asset. And I think that's the key thing, despite seeing it as a risky asset. 
And, I, and it comes back to what I was saying earlier on, guys, where there's no yield out there realistically that makes sense. Um, you know, we see this with the kind of meme stocks on Reddit where I think it's Wall Street Bets where they're trying to short AMC uh, collectively and they nearly took down, um, you know, significantly disrupted the existing financial system and, you know, completely bankrupted, potentially bankrupted the company, um, you know, just by... Uh, <laughs> we're pumping ridiculously amc stock but it's, it's kind of like why are they doing it why are people so drawn to that because there's no yield there's no yield and that's based that's based on how the monetary system works right now the, the, the existing monetary system is so over leveraged with debt that if you increase if you increase interest rates okay which is what needs to happen okay to kind of balance things out um people are going to default on their debts. And if they default, that means this whole system comes crashing down. And that's only because 2008 was propped up. You know, if, if the banks weren't propped up and were allowed to default and then kind of divvied up and, you know, privatized and broken down to smaller, smaller entities, had some, uh, you know, there's lots of things that could have happened. I won't, I won't join on again, but it would have meant that, you know, the, the balance of the scales would have weighed out, would have uh, balanced out, the scales would have balanced out a bit more and interest rates could have gone up. Um, and, you know, if you look at the 70s, guys, if you look at the 70s and 80s, and I have these, I have this conversation with my dad quite a bit because he believes that interest rates are going to go up. And I disagree. I don't think they can because of, because of the debt, but interest rates went up to, you know, 15% and higher and stuff. Imagine people with commercial mortgages, right? and how how cheap debt is okay we're talking about less than a percent interest rates here guys depending on the mortgage commercial mortgages right and that's usually what most large banks have in terms of their mortgage books um and mortgage books are quite a large uh perspective of security like what's securing the bank's assets in terms of debt is their mortgage book so it's savings and mortgages and then obviously then they have their trading investing arm if they are in that in that kind of realm um, so commercial mortgages, imagine, you know, all these, um, uh, businesses, right. Suddenly having their interest rate go from one to 15%, you know, or have a slow creep up to 5%, 10%, 15%, you know, it's, it's, um, it, it destroy them. It would destroy them. And the thing is like, we already saw during this pandemic that, uh, a lot of businesses went out of, uh, action you know when our businesses when our business just because they weren't able to afford to continue paying the rent for their stores and we even as you know I'm, i live in london we see this in london with really well established global businesses unable to pay the rent for um their high street stores here in here in the uk uh, and it's the same all over the world really uh for a lot of businesses and it means that you know this is why and, and there was no increase in interest rate. This was keeping interest rate the same and also bailing them out. And they still weren't able to keep the doors open. So what does that say if the rates go up? It means that the system comes crashing down and we will see extreme deflation. Okay. Uh, which is what's necessary because, you know, um, everything's been inflated so much, you know, so that that's the problem so there is one option that can kind of uh balance things out which is called reverse repos i recommend you look that up um, and that's basically a way of removing or reducing the monetary supply okay so if you aren't aware of what reverse repos is that's an option that i could see being 
becoming more popular, but there's obviously downsides to that as well. But we're seeing again, you know, investors being willing to expose themselves to, to, to risk because they're seeking yield and it's inevitable. So what's interesting is age showed a disparity with younger investors more likely to put money in cryptocurrencies than older investors. That makes complete sense because I'd say younger people are more interested in what's happening in this space. It's a tech space um, and are more willing to do things like uh, they're more able to expose themselves to risk because they have they have longer to live. Uh, money comes fast and quick to the young, I'd say. And also they would just have a better comprehension of getting cryptocurrencies, NFTs, uh, DeFi, okay? They're just, it's, just, it's very easy to pick up, uh, I'd say, for younger people. So 15% of people aged 13, sorry, 18 to 34. Jesus Christ, imagine if you were 13 investing in crypto, that'd be pretty sick. 15% uh, of people aged 18 to 34 had made investments in cryptocurrencies. Ages 35 to 64 followed closely behind with 15% of its population. Age 65 and over was the lowest with only 4% of the population invested. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay, I'm going to round this video up and episode up within the next five minutes, just blast through the last couple of news pieces. So Big piece of news in Texas, cryptocurrencies gain legal status in Texas as new law takes effect. Texas is really becoming its own, <laughs> own state uh, month on month, but um, they recently passed a bill and it's the latest state to adopt blockchain and crypto technology in, into its commercial law. Texas House Bills 1576 and 4474 passed in May by the state's Congress and June. Uh, Governor Greg Abbott officially made crypto legal in Texas effective in September 2021, so this month. So what does it mean? Let's talk about his comments. So in, de in developing the master plan, the work group shall identify economic growth and development opportunities presented by blockchain technology and make any legislative recommendations that will help promote innovation and economic growth by reducing barriers to and expediting the expansion of the state's blockchain industry. And let's be honest, guys, that's what's going to allow Texas and the states like Wyoming to, to kind of shit on other states. It's because the geo arbitrage, because where a business is going to set up shop, Remember the bit license in New York. If you aren't aware, the bit license in New York was basically extremely limiting for any business that was trying to open up a cryptocurrency-based, well, Bitcoin-based uh, business, anyone. So extremely limiting. It made it very hard to do anything, okay? And that came after the fact some of these businesses were already open. So what happened? They shut down shop and they moved elsewhere, okay? And they were able to take advantage of that. And that's the thing. Imagine that on a local scale, with like state to state in America or country to country in the EU or even even you know i wouldn't say city to city but you know it depends but country to country as well guys cryptocurrencies have no borders they have blockchain technology has no borders there's no there's no there's nothing forcing these businesses to operate in a particular country so if you make it hostile for them to exist you know they're going to move elsewhere and you're going to lose out okay so everywhere which has the most favorable conditions for those businesses to thrive and innovation to thrive are going to become tech hubs and we're seeing that in austin moving on so we have something new coming from binance which is essentially just the btcd chart except it's an index called btc dom okay and it's been up for quite a while a couple of days let's see how many days it's been up it's been up for 77 days okay so coming up to just over two and a half months. And it's basically just the BTC D chart, except you can trade it now. So that's something that I found quite interesting. It's gonna, it's it's not something that I'd be too uh, bothered about trading, to be to be quite honest with you. I'd be more in, interested in just trading Bitcoin, the base asset, but it's a nice tool that people can have to kind of uh, trade BTC, uh, something else related to crypto. Um, very nice uh, 
development with regards to AVAX Avalanche. So they're basically providing a new home to digital collectibles and fans. They've got a partnership with the NFTs with Tops and Major League Baseball, okay, MLB. So, you know, NFTs aren't going anywhere, okay? It's programmable art and collectibles, okay? And the fact they've partnered with the MLB is quite huge. I'm sure some people probably knew, were aware of this and that top, and it was going to be a partnership with Tops. But Tops is huge. The Tops, um, I think they work with um, the basketball as well. This is huge for AVAX, guys. I, I mean, this is a strong cannon for AVAX pumping um, and just continuing on this uptrend just imagine the partnerships are going to develop over the next you know couple of years it's kind of an inevitability that avalanche is going to be a big project okay so you know i've done a video on avalanche from a technical perspective and the expectations moving forward i gave you some trade setups it broke out um from an investment perspective i think it actually has some fundamental uh use case at least in this respect because nfts aren't going anywhere okay last two news pieces before i go it's a bit of bearish news for those in south africa and Binance aficionados as well. There's no recourse. South African financial regulator publishes public warning about Binance. So this is the, the issuance, okay? So the FSCA would like to caution that in addition to this entity not being authorized to provide any financial services or businesses, crypto-related investments are not currently regulated by the FSCA or any other body in South Africa. As a result, if something goes wrong, you're unlikely to get your money back and will have no recourse against anyone, okay? So... The Binance regulator, uh, sorry, the regulator specifically mentioned the NC9 Binance Group, which they claim is based in Seychelles. However, a Binance Hoax person says, tells the block that Binance doesn't have an entity named Binance Group based in the Seychelles, and that Binance.com doesn't provide financial advice or render any intermediary services. So it's true, Binance doesn't provide financial advice. Binance.com doesn't provide financial, financial advice. Okay. It's interesting. I was watching um, Best Business Show with Anthony Pompliano. I watched a clip and he was talking about these ghost companies in China that um, allow their assets to be traded because Chinese companies, the CCP doesn't allow um, allow them to be traded outside of China. So what they do is they set up a shell company in the Seychelles. You're seeing the parallels here. A, a shell company in the Seychelles, which... Um, is basically a representation of what the stock would be um that's a very that's a very layman's term way of describing it but i could easily see the similar thing with binance where binance the actual uh originating company of binance doesn't exist anywhere um concrete which would make sense um it being a completely geolocation independent company with multiple locations for bank accounts where they can kind of move money around um, with shell companies being in the Seychelles because Seychelles are kind of untouchable. Companies out there, not completely, but they kind of are. So, you know, it, it would kind of, it doesn't surprise me um, that, you know, Binance are commenting on this like, like this. But what's interesting, guys, is it kind of, again, comes back to what I've said in this video. Um, you know, people that are investing and in trading cryptocurrencies, do they really think that if they lose money, they're expecting anyone to kind of pay them? I mean, if, I mean, you listening to this, it'd be like, if you lose your money in these markets, is there an expect any expectation of recourse from the exchange? Uh, no, we're all, we're all responsible for our financial success and what we do and the decisions we make are completely our own. Blaming anyone for, for, you know, losing money anywhere, you know, 
it doesn't have to be investing in cryptos it could be anything but it's it's our responsibility it's like telling someone that you know invested money in a business um that they have no recourse against the government or the person that you know allowed them to create their limited liability company or whatever the llc or limited company in the uk um you know it's like telling them they can't sue the person that allowed them to create the llc well obviously like you take the risk on yourself but that's the thing this is why there's there's such ridiculous upside and that's why we like it isn't it so you know obviously we're all financially responsible for our success in this market anyway so this is a really interest last piece of news that's really interesting okay which <laughs> makes me think about reframes for me personally the whole xrp sec thing so the sec refuses to produce documents related to employees xrp bitcoin ethereum holdings okay which kind of makes sense from a privacy perspective okay because obviously there's there's uh you know having having your holdings completely released is is kind of uh could be could be quite detrimental to someone but if it's completely anonymous and kind of aggregated um that would be okay and the thing is they were suggesting that the 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 details of their 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 um of their holdings actually be completely anonymized and aggregated and the sec completely refused now here's the thing there's an ethical quandary here with the sec and them going after cryptocurrency projects because if they have if they if their employees have any um any kind of holdings of these cryptocurrencies they could use the sec as an arm to kind of dump have periods where they aggressively attack the crypto okay from quite a well-recognized body and the price dumps but what but the actual penalty for for you know them attacking the company so for example this could be ripple so the say sec sues ripple and they say blah 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 ripple's been doing bad things etc etc price crashes people that own crypto in the sec buy a shit ton of ripple and then the actual punishment ripple gets is a really small fine so the whole build-up is is this big deal but the outcome is a really small fine not harming the project but then suddenly all these employees of the fcc were able to get ripple at a really low price okay so this is extremely unethical and it and there's a strong possibility that this is happening um because it has been a bit odd that the response from the Ripple community has been so strong. There's been such strong pushback to the SEC. Um, yet SEC have continued to kind of been the driving force trying to push all their attention on Ripple, okay? And not other cryptocurrencies in the space. Why Ripple, okay? So I understand why Ripple, to be honest with you, but um, there's quite a few other projects out there, like, like um, I mentioned one earlier, um bitconnect you know bitconnect still hasn't played out guys i mentioned this in my last video bitconnect um you know the guy who who ran it he's only just going through the court system now you know there's there's lots of other projects that have been scams in the past that have just you know i the ico space probably should have been the space that sec went after before xrp why did they go after xrp they went after xrp because xrp has a lot of money a lot of money and they could probably get some money from them so you know, that's just my personal opinion. That's not, you know, that's not fact. This is all just opinion. None of this is financial advice. Um, but this is just my take on thing, things, guys. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite it's quite possible. I mean, just look at um in America, I can't remember who it is. Maybe it's I think it's uh I think it's Nancy Pelosi. Um she 
or someone similar um basically insider trading and the thing is people don't understand like insider trading isn't necessarily illegal you're allowed to know information about particular uh stocks or bonds or whatever asset class it may be um and trade off the back of that okay that's completely fine you're allowed to have insider knowledge and take advantage of it it means you're in a position of privilege but when you're starting to uh make policy around that and then make public um comments about that that affects price that and it's going to be favorable to you and especially if you're telling the world one thing like uh like 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 um well you get the idea guys there's a strong ethical issue and a conflict of interest there so that's when things can get a bit tricky and we're kind of seeing a parallel here with the sec i doubt anything's going to happen to the sec realistically speaking um but you know i think this this is another kind of uh dagger in the back of the case of that sec is putting forward and it seems like ripple probably gonna walk away scot-free with like no no issues with this one so yeah there's more and more is coming out that is leaning towards the side of that ripple is going to be um the ripple project's foundation rather it's going to be absolutely fine anyway that's it for this video guys i really hope you enjoyed it market coverage bit of an overview of the news in the space we'll be doing these kind of videos infrequently um so thank you so much hope you have an amazing day don't forget to like comment subscribe uh and and uh yeah check out the youtube channel lots of good content on there and yeah have an amazing day. Shall catch you soon. Wishing you guys all the very best.